Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you. God, we love you. We um, are in awe uh, for being able to come into your house today. Uh, on the day that uh, we celebrate your, uh, that you've risen from the dead, that, that you have uh, done what you came to done, Lord, and uh, Lord, that, that we can just uh, celebrate, we can, um, uh, we can live a life reflective of that. God, let us, as we uh, just enter into this next couple minutes, um, that we can just kind of let things, uh, the, the, the busyness of the day, going to grandmas or going to aunts or uncles or what we got going on at home, that we can just put those aside for just a few minutes and just hear the truth from you. So, uh, God, we ask that, that, and we know that we, we um, are distracted a lot, but we ask that we cannot, uh, that we're able to, to, to focus and not let the distractions overcome us right now. So, uh, Lord, with that, we, we want to give everything to you, and we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So, I'm a terrible magician, I know. All right. Hmm. Now, what we are good at, though, is we're ahead of schedule, Jake. Longer preaching. <laughs> Listen, everybody's like, shut up, man. <laughs> You were funny when you were up here, but not now. Um, <laughs> all right, so he, he, here's the deal. Uh, we're, we're, we're starting something different. Uh, not different, but maybe this is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to on an um, Easter morning. Uh, I, I believe, and I, I've shared this many times, that Easter's every day. Uh, because Jesus is not in the tomb anymore. He's sitting at the right hand of, of the Father. So we need to celebrate that every day. Now, granted, we come into, uh, into his house on this day, uh, and this is special. It, it, it's a, a day in which we um, ha have memorialized the, 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 the celebrating. So um, I, I don't want to diminish that, but I, I want to kind of just throw out here that uh, you don't have to wait until the Sunday after the first full moon to celebrate uh, Easter. Some of you are like, wait a second, what? Anywho, so uh, with that, what we're going to do is we're, um, I'm kicking off a new series today. Um, and this series is all about identity. Uh, anybody in here by a show of hands, has anybody in here ever been robbed? Okay, some, some are quiet. Any of you want to be robbed? <laughs> Stick them up. No, um, there's some that have been robbed. How about this? Let's go, let's go to another extent. How many of you have um, encountered identity theft? Okay, some of you, some of you. I, I know that that's the big play right now where people are like, you need LifeLock so uh, uh, your identity can be uh, protected by a million dollars or whatever their commercial is. But I, I think that, that, that even though that they're... Uh, they're, they're, they're um, uh, playing on your fears of, of identity theft, I think there's some truth behind that. Um, and, and I'll tell you right now, those of you that did not raise your hands, you have been robbed. We all have been robbed. And it started a long, 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 long time ago. It started in, in the, the, the Garden of Eden because um, in, the, in the Garden of Eden, don't turn there. Um, uh, if you want to turn anywhere, turn to John chapter 10 because that's where we're going to end up. Um, in the Garden of Eden, something took place. Well, I understand that Easter is supposed to start, 
supposed to be in the, the garden tomb. But we're going to start in the Garden of Eden because I, I believe that, that too many times what happens is we don't understand why we really even come to church on, on, on Easter. Um, some, some of us are, and I talked to the, 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 the guys this morning, and uh, you don't have to raise your hand and say, yeah, this is me, but I, I told the, the guys this morning, you do realize there's going to be people here today that don't want to be here. Don't, don't say, yeah, that's me. So I'm just saying this, if you're here and you don't want to be here, um, it's not the first time someone has been here not wanting to be here, Uh, but we're glad you're here. And like I told the guys this morning, um, it's not you're here because you're your wife or your husband or your grandma or your grandpa or whoever is saying, hey, you need to be here. Um, You're here because God wants you here this morning. Um, God, God's way more powerful and controlling than anybody else in your life. Um, some of you are like, well, yeah, but you don't know my husband or you don't know my wife. Yeah, I, that's, I probably don't. But God has purpose and God has plan for you. And, and that's just what I want to talk about with this identity. Um, because um, the way in which God created us, when God created us, he, he placed a, a, a man and woman, mankind, and I'll refer to us, mankind, uh, throughout here. So he planted, or planted, yeah, he planted us in the ground and we grew, right? No, he placed mankind in the Garden of Eden. And it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, that God created man in his own image, In the image of God, uh, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So understand the way in which God designed us and created us was in his image. Some of you that that, that have um, a a, a church background may have have heard the, 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 the term imago Dei. That means in the image of God. That's how uh, we were created um, in the beginning. In the beginning, we were created in the image of God. And here's what happened. Um... Satan came along, and he deceived Adam and Eve. Uh, for those of you who say, wait a second, he deceived Eve. And Well, uh, quit being dumb um, and, and understand that Adam was standing right next to Eve in the garden when she partook of the fruit. If, was it an apple? I don't know. I think it was a tangerine. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But Adam was standing right next to Eve when um, this silly little snake was saying, I mean, that that should give it away right there. If a snake talks to you, run, right? Me, I'm the big chicken, right? If I see a snake, I run. But but in the garden here, um, Adam and Eve were, were encountered by this snake, and the snake was saying something to him. We know that the snake is the great serpent of old, which is Satan. So Satan comes along and they, they deceive, or he deceives Adam and Eve into believing a lie. It, 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 the, the, the lie is, and this is where it all starts. This is where you have been robbed and where I have been robbed. We all have been robbed, where mankind has been robbed. It all starts with a lie that, 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 that uh, Satan instilled. He instills this uncertainty in, in, in Adam and Eve and said, did God really say that you'll die? See, what, what the deal is that God really doesn't want you to be like him. And if you partake of this fruit, and uh, what, what's going to happen is your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be like him. Well, what, what, what does this verse in, in, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 say? 
We are created in image, in his own image. We're already like him already. Elsewhere in Genesis says we're, we're created in his likeness. So what, what happened was that the, 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 the serpent, Satan, came and he, he put this doubt into the minds of Adam and Eve. This lie to say, wait, you don't, you, you, you don't understand, I mean, really, because God really doesn't want what's best for you. He did at that moment what we call in, in, in the church, we call it the, the fall. And, and that's what it is, the fall. But what he did is he stole their identity at that point. Satan stole the identity of mankind because... If you're looking at your notes there, this is going to be point number one. God's design for mankind was to be identified with him. The way in which God designed man and woman, male and female, was to be identified with him. But what happened is Satan came and sin entered into the world and it just, I'm going to use the word fractured, what God created. Now, um, this event that took place in the Garden of Eden, this event where, where Satan comes and he deceives, and, and, and this event that now uh, um, gives uh, the, 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 the human race, mankind, their identity, is something that has been uh, fought and when I say fought, maybe, maybe I'll use a word, has been pursued in, in many different ways and in many different mediums throughout uh, the, the time of human history. This one event, and, and, and I, I believe this, I think that, that uh, today we're going to talk about the two most important events in human history. The first event in human history that took place here was the fall, was, was Satan stealing the identity of, uh, uh, of mankind. And in this event, what happens, that, that, that there's a problem now. There's an issue that needs to be solved. And I love God, how God does it in, in his, um, his divine foreknowledge and in his sovereignty. He, he says, directly after all of this happens, and I would encourage you all to read this for yourself. In Genesis chapter 3, he gives us a promise. And this promise that he gives is, yes, there is now um, a, a problem with your identity, but I'm going to give you a solution to that problem. Because of that event that took place and because sin entered into the world, there's going to be another event that takes place that's going to conquer and is going to trump the, the first event. That event is what we're celebrating today. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ because in Jesus, Jesus is the only one who is able to put back together what Satan destroyed. And I'll say this on a more general term. Some of you are sitting in here and have um, uh, relationships or you have acquaintances or you have problems or issues or whatever uh, at home, at work, at school, wherever it may be. I, I can say this with a certainty that Jesus can restore all of those. Man, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where we're the most dire situation. You're like, man, this is hopeless. Well, yeah, Jesus laying in the tomb seemed hopeless as well. It, it seemed like the, 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 the world was going to end there. But what happened on Sunday? He bust open the door and he, he, he got out. 
If Jesus can overcome death, he can overcome your situation. Now, I'm not minimizing that. You hear me say that all the time. I'm not minimizing your situation. I'm maximizing the power and strength of Jesus because he can restore that which was disrupted in the fall. I, I think that um, as we're, we're, we're talking here and, and as we have identified our, our identity had been fractured, what, what we need to do is we need to, to get back to where God wants our identity to be. And I believe that um, God intended identity, understand this, that God intended identity can only be found in a God-given Savior. God intended identity can only be found in a God-given Savior. And that's what we're going to do over the next four weeks here is just kind of look at this, this big idea of understanding your identity and how it's essential it's essential for living the life God intended for you. Some of you are sitting here and you're like, okay, shut up. I've got a ham in the, in the oven. That's fine. Well, okay, I, I guarantee you this. You got issues in your life, right? Do not raise your hands. But who's got issues? Me. All right. So I'll raise my hand. I'll both up. We've got issues. We've got things that we need to deal with. And I'll just ask you this. How's your way of dealing with them going? Uh, in your own power, trying to figure this out on your own. It, it doesn't work. Why? Well, I can't figure out. I'm, I'm trying everything. I'm doing everything. I'm going to this doctor. Going to that. Well, here's the deal. I'm not saying that doctors are bad. Don't, don't know here. I think God gave you know, the ability for, for doctors and medicine and all this other stuff. But what I, what I, I think that we need to understand I think that the, 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 the primary understanding here is that we, we really don't trust that Jesus is all-powerful. We, we need to understand that, that, that when, when, when we're talking about resurrection and we're talking about living a life for him, what we need to understand is we need to understand where our identity is and what God intended our identity to be. If, if you don't hear anything... Anything, anything, anything that I say other than this, that the statement that's on the screen right now, this is the answer. It's not my answer. It's not because I came up with this idea. No, 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 no. It's because it's God's answer, because understanding your identity is essential for living the life God intended for you. God has purpose for every single one of you sitting here. But if you live out, if you try to be something that you're not, or you try to be something that God did not create you for, you're, you're not going to live up to the full potential in which God has for you. You're going to struggle with your own stuff trying to figure things out. Why is that? Because your identity has been skewed by the fall. Sin, there, there it is. There's a three-letter word that no one likes to hear. Sin entered into the world, and because of sin, you act a fool. Preach it, preach it, my husband's then acting a fool. No, you too. <laughs> sin causes separation. Sin causes you to do some stupid things. I almost said crap because he said crap up there. I was going to say it, but I did. Sin causes you to do some crazy things. And the reason is because you're trying to identify with all the wrong things. You're trying to find your identity in other things. I love how Jesus puts this. 
If you're there in John chapter 10, one of my, one of my favorite verses that you've heard me say a billion times is John chapter 10, verse 10. Because I, I think when we're talking about this identity theft, I, I think that we can, we can look at this verse and it says it all because it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come to give life and life abundantly. Let's break that down just a little bit. It says the thief, all right? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, I, I, as I was looking at this, I, I, and we're thinking about identity theft and, and what, it, what has been taken from us, the serpent in the garden, the, the, the devil, Satan himself, what is, the, is, is the, the, the thief in the garden that stole the identity from mankind. And he, he stole that. And it says here that the thief comes to steal. Now, if you look at this, it says steal and kill and destroy. But if you kind of break that down and do a little, little bit of commonsensical word study, what does a thief do? Steal. Okay, so a thief steals stuff. But what Jesus is saying here is sometimes that thief doesn't stop at stealing. If the, if the thief can't steal what it is he's coming to steal, for, steal or rob you of, he may have to kill you or may have to destroy you. I think about like a home invasion. Like it, it, most home invasions start, are, are when people aren't home and the, 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 the thieves come in, they steal the stuff and they, and they, they leave. But some of, of those home invasions are, are when people are at home and then sometimes worse things happen. Well, I think that as we're talking about this and we're like kind of looking at my identity, if the devil comes in and steals your identity and just walks off with it and you don't put up any kind of fight, well, then he's got your identity. He's gone. Well, the crazy thing is he's already done that. So what does he want to do more? He wants to kill your witness. He wants you to feel and wants you to be defeated. That word there actually means slaughtered. He, he, he doesn't want you, he doesn't want me to live a life that is victorious. He wants you to live a defeated life. He wants you to remain in the Garden of Eden with the, 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 the lie that God really doesn't want what's best for you. You need to find your identity in your friends, or you need to find your identity in your job, or your, your spouse, or whatever. You need to find your identity in whatever, these other great things. Are any of those things bad? No, they're not bad. None of those things are God, though. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came. I love this. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The life in which God gives us, and this is hard to communicate sometimes. As I was journaling this week, I wrote, um, I'll just read it to you. I'll give you a little bit of a peek into my brain. Brace yourselves. I wrote this. It's more than having and transferring a knowledge on to someone. It's how the truth of that knowledge has transformed your life. 
Just, just let that sink in for a second because I, I think that a lot of times what we do is we, we transfer a lot of knowledge. I can st- stand up here and give you a lot of Bible knowledge and some theology and all this kind of stuff. But it's not just about transfer. It's not me transferring things to you. It's about the truth of the transforming power of that. And when Jesus says this, and when he, 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 he makes it clear that why he came was to give life, he didn't just say, I, I, I come to give life. No, he took it to the next step. He said, I came to give life, and I came to give it abundantly. We, we don't use that word a whole lot. But what we can understand is the life that God has for you, the life that God has for me, is greater than anything that you have thought up yet. We just finished that, that, that sermon series last week about God's potential for you. Well, I, I, I believe that. I, I believe that this abundantly, God has way more in store for you. But what you're doing is you're believing the lie of the devil. My identity is in all this other stuff. No, your identity, identity is to be found in Jesus. Second point here. Sin disrupted God's design. You might have already had that because you guys are all, all smart here. Sin disrupted God's design. God designed us one way. Now, because he designed us one way, we can't say that, well, the devil came along and it was um, more powerful than God. No, what we understand is God gave us something that the devil couldn't. He gave us this, this ability to love. God designs us one way. He designed us to um, uh, be identified with him. Sin, through the serpent, Satan, that's why I don't like snakes, sin disrupted God's design. But God just didn't sit back and say, oh man, now what am I going to do? Point three here, Jesus restores God's design. What does that mean, Jesus restores God's design? I'm convinced of this. That which Satan disrupted, Jesus restores. And the way in which he restores is because Jesus conquered Satan's sin and death. That's what we're celebrating today. So if we're going to talk about, like, where's my identity? My identity needs to be founded in the one who conquered all. When Jesus is talking here, in John chapter 10, he talks about the, 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 the thieves, he talks about the robbers, he talks about those who are not really the true shepherd, those who are fakes, those things and those people who come into your life that cannot fulfill that role of identity. Why can they not fill that and sustain it for long periods of time? Because they weren't intended to. The only one in which we can find our identity in and it can sustain our life is in Jesus. So, when you read this text, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Think about this. Just ask yourself, where, who am I? Just ask yourself that. Who am I? 
And if you start, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher, or I'm a welder, or I'm a this, and I'm a that, or I'm a mom, or I'm a dad, or you know, those are things that you do. God is very clear that there's two, there's, there, there, there's two identities, one with him and one without him. Jesus says that there's the, the, the sheep that are of my flock. The question is, where are we identifying with? Who are we identifying with? I believe that, that, that we can confidently live in understanding that I am accepted. I'm accepted, but I'm accepted by God. I'm secure. I'm secure in God and what he, his intention and his purpose for me. And I'll tell you what, I am significant. God has great things for me. We should never have to walk around like, you know, the world's going to end. No, we should walk around understanding that no matter what comes our way, that God has greater plan, greater purpose for us. That's why he came out of the grave. So we can look at an empty tomb and say, that's my God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Uh, Lord, my prayer is that uh, ramblings of a madman can be used in a way that's glorifying to you. Um, God, there's no one that can convince me other, any other way than what you have clearly told us in Scripture, that you're alive. God, let us live as people of having the truth in us that you are alive. Let us understand that it doesn't matter what the TV says or the internet says that, well, these guys are crazy. They meet on Sundays. and That's because we serve a risen Savior. God, let us live victorious lives as we embark over the next few weeks in this, this series about finding our identity in you. God, let it be fruitful. Work in us. God, let us continue to celebrate. Let us be victorious. We praise in your name, Jesus. Amen.